Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, welcome back to uh, Oz Business Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company. As we kick off the afternoon, uh, Eastern Daylight Time of a Monday with the call, of course. Ten stocks you suggest, we put them to two experts um, and get their opinion all in one hour. And uh, joining us today, Nathan Sobhansandaram from Deep Data Analytics. Nathan, good to see you. Uh, Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor. Gaurav, good weekend. You both? Well, I, I was at home with two children and rain, so oh. good is not what I used to describe. <laughs> I, I'll give you a good one. My yeah. daughter's school is yeah. going on camping for this week. Ooh. Uh, started, for the whole week? Started this morning. Oh. No. So we were buying wet weather gear <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good luck. When she comes back and the washing needs to be done, oh, you're yeah. going to just stay well I away from it. a lot it. of garbage yeah, bags. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's uh, get into into, uh, into the hour because we always have a lot to talk about with Gaurav and Nathan, two of our favourites here on the uh, on the call. And um, I always choose a stock of the day and because it's one of his favourites, I thought yeah. we'd take a look at it <laughs> in detail. Mm. Um, Gaurav talked about Infratilt came up on the call last week, which a lot of us had no idea about um, and explained that it's sort of a private equity um, um, and infrastructure business um, out of New Zealand. And he was a huge fan of it. We talked about it on the last call on Friday night as well over a couple of drinks. Well, today, Infotril has executed a conditional offer to acquire up to 60% of QScan Group from Quadrant Private Equity uh, for about $330 million. QScan has a portfolio of more than 70 clinics across Australia including a network of 10 clinics offering oncology services. Um, and it was a really interesting acquisition. Share prices reacted favourably to it. Uh, Gaurav, good acquisition. And does it change your opinion on Infratil? Is it a good buy for them? I think this makes some sense for them. It's hard to tell because it's a company that, upon first acquisition, um, they end up actually doing a lot more than what they what they first acquire. So uh, Canberra Data yeah. Centers, for example, they bought this for $800 million. It was a relatively small player in the data center business in, in Australia. It was huge in the government sector. Yeah. Um, but they've now actually grown that business substantially and it's, it's on track to become the largest data center provider in Australia. Huh? And no one knows about it. Here it is yeah. hidden inside um, Infratel and and you know look at Next DC multiples. Yeah, and we're all fixated Telecom. on Next DC. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Next DC is looking at I think 160 megawatts. Infratel is going to be 250 megawatts right. um, in in a handful of years, um, and then that's just one business. And on top of that, they own 50 percent of Vodafone. And I think they've got some uh, Vodafone New Zealand. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. And they've got some really interesting plans for Vodafone New Zealand. They've talked about um, building a wholesale 5G network and then getting wholesale dollars. There's assets there they can split. 
Um, and it's, it, it, it highlights what I actually like about the business is they buy good quality assets in the first place and that's always a good thing. But then they apply, I think, smarts and ingenuity in so a way they- So they add value to the Exactly, and they ultimately monetize them. They've just gone through an asset refresh where they've sold a whole bunch of assets and acquired new ones. So we're in a kind of a fresh cycle for Infratil at the moment where they've got a whole bunch of assets that are relatively new right. and they can now apply their smarts and grow them and they'll monetize mm. them in a few years time. And they've done this for almost 30 years and they've achieved um, terrific results over okay. that period. Um, they have a tendency to partner up with some really sharp operators. Um, Brookfield has been their partner in the Vodafone deal. And in the past, they've partnered with um, New Zealand Super, which is our equivalent of the uh, of the Future Fund. Right. It's the New oh. Zealand State Super Fund. Right. Um, and the the management seemed to have uh, really good relationships inside New Zealand. Um, the CEO was the ex CFO of Telecom New Zealand, mm. um, which I think is interesting. You know, when you when you look mm. at what might happen to Vodafone. Um, so you've got great management, um, you've got good partnerships, good okay. assets and good smarts. I, I quite like this business. Um, we bought it a lot cheaper than it is now. Yeah. And it has actually, you know, we always said it was between, it was worth between 5 50 and $6 as is now. Yeah. And ultimately, in the two, year, two or three years time, I think it's worth 9 or $10 okay. as CDC grows out. I still think that's the case now. Um, you just get a bit more optionality now with QSAN, right. uh, QScan thrown in. Um, QScan is is a smaller version of integral diagnostics. It's an right. imaging business right. um, with a little oncology clinic attached to it. I'll be fascinated to see what they do with this company. And mm. I can my, my feeling is that in a few years time, it's gonna look a little bit different okay. to it, what it does now. All right, Nathan? Oh, look, I'll just add to it. I mean, I think how Graham explained it perfectly. Um, the, the whole diagnostic imaging sector is quite hot. Yeah. So if you look at um, IDX, <coughs> um, Capital Health, mm -hmm. um, then you look at uh, Envision, uh, T-Lex, all of these guys are having a pretty good run. The market's interested, you know, it's a global play. So that thematic plays quite well. And obviously these guys are good managers. They obviously have a very good insight into New Zealand. And the great thing about New Zealand is it's a little test bed for technology and infrastructure. So you want to do something, it's a small scale test for you to work out whether it works or not. So a lot of people do it, and when it works, they want to take it big, and there's a lot of things that get done, and then people don't see the big upside, and then they'll sell out. These are the kind of guys look at the longer term picture and say, I can buy that and make it into something even better. Yep. Yep. So they're willing to play that. So right. they tend to buy things when people are trying to get out, yes. and then they can build it into something even bigger. So yes, there are a few stocks in our market that we always classify as listed PE. You've got your West Farmers, West you've got your Macquaries, yep. Um, you've got your Goodman groups. Yep. They get classified because of their earnings into a particular sector, but they're, they're basically buy and sell. Um, so they're very good at trading assets at the right time. So when they get out of some of the assets, you should get out of that sector too. <laughs> Generally a good sign, because they're a bit better than you. So yeah. you know these guys, classic in that scale and that area, and I think uh, you know, your track record, mm. you go with people who are doing well. Yep and they've got, they tick a lot of boxes. So okay. I'd say that's a good The one. great example yeah. of what, what they did was um, a couple of years ago, um, it was Chevron New Zealand was getting out of the whole country. And so they sold all their service stations um, and no one really wanted to buy them. These guys okay. came in and bought them, renamed those service stations, Z Energy, refurbished them all, um, merged with ah. some competitors to make it, um, so they now have about a third or maybe more of the entire New Zealand market. And then they floated Z Energy 
And they made four or five times their money in four or five years. And that to me is the classic yeah. um, infratil play. It's, it's what they do. They buy well, they manage well, and they sell well. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I agree. I'm not sure I want to be on the other end of a deal. Yes. <laughs> if you're getting a deal for yeah. infratil, yeah. you got done. You just haven't realized it yet. <laughs> All right. So they're good at sales as well. Yes. All right. Let's get on to uh, your stocks that you've suggested. And Nathan James wants a view on Star Entertainment, the big gaming and entertainment accommodation business. yeah um, I guess you can't get away from what's happening with mm. crown um, yeah. and that's playing on the sector oh, look I think as restrictions ease um, you would start to see things improve in most of these um, gambling stocks and casinos um, obviously they've all got a free kick out of the Asian um, play now how much of that will recover when is the big question yeah. but the underlying asset is I think around here, the underlying asset's not too bad. But the question would be is your recovery cycle, what you're seeing and how quickly it comes through. Obviously, there's a bit of geopolitics. The other one, that, um, I suppose, on top of that is there's a number of brokers now talking the story of a merger between Crown and Star. Mm. Mm. And that makes sense um, because it's going to be tough for a few years. If you put them together, they, they can keep the... It's a bit, reminds me of back in, I mean, being a data guy, back in the day when Thomson and Reuters merged, yeah. They kept the best assets of both. I didn't realize they were ever separate. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were. They were Thompson and Reuters. They're okay. completely separate. Right. Globally, they merged. I was actually yeah. working in the US when that happened, and that's one of the reasons we sold the business out, because they were going to kill everyone. Because they kept the best of every one of them yeah. around the world, and they sold the second or the third thing out to the competitor. Uh, because for competitive reasons, you have to sell out the piece. Yeah. So, you know, they were a, a slim line, top of the range model after that. So if you see a merge between them, the model will be very powerful mm. and at these levels that will you know really add value i think it's not a bad buy if you're there i'm holding it right i'm not excited about the sector in the shorter term because there's too much uncertainty i know there's a lot of people tend to think that's the time to buy the sector yeah. i just think the opening up scenario everyone knows that's the yeah. there's not a surprise that they're going to open up um i mean it's a bit like coca-cola I, I was actually a fan of coca-cola because i think the ceo has done really well in a crappy industry mm. This is a bit like that, but I don't think the management has done that well in either. Right. So in that context, I don't think I can see it in the next six months. So I'd rather wait and see what happens. There are other opening up stories that are much better at it. Yeah. So, but oh, look, I think, I think it's an interesting sector. I think there's a lot of things happening that are bad will then clear out and offer you a great insight. Okay. So I'll All wait right. and see. Great. So we actually own Star. We bought this um, in March and we've had a buy on it for quite some time and only downgraded it just recently. Um, I still think there's a lot of value here. So Star obviously right. owns the Sydney Casino, yep. but they also own a few others as well. And they're building a new $2 billion casino. And I, I don't think the value of the portfolio is in the share price. So I know what Nathan's saying. The, everyone knows the reopening is going to happen eventually, but it doesn't appear to be in the price at the moment. I still think there's further upside. Um, one thing that's always concerned me about casino stocks is just the quality aspect, you know, they're not really, they should be high quality, they're literally mm. licenses to print money. Yeah. But they just, then you look at returns on capital metrics over a long period of time and casinos aren't as good as you think they are. And the reason is it's a, it's a frightfully competitive industry. There's actually lots of casinos around the world competing for the whales, the big overseas yeah. uh, um, uh, high spenders. The gamblers, yep. To actually acquire a customer, you have to go through junket operators and pay them a big chunk of your um, your income as well. 
Um, and then you've got to refurb every every five years or so. You, I mean, the last refurbishment that these mm. guys um, had to do, it cost them like a billion dollars. Sure. I mean, this is actually mm. a, a surprisingly capital-intensive business. And then to earn returns on all of that is difficult. So I'm not sure this is one we'd own for a long time, but I think there is value there at the moment. It, um, it actually reminds me of agriculture stocks. Oh, really? It's better because, than that. Because <laughs> you're putting, you put a lot of capital It's better in. than that. But <laughs> it's it's like you go through this massive capital. Like think of Select Harvest. Mm. You've got to put in a hell of a lot of capital. Yeah. You've got to put a lot yeah. of work, a lot yeah. of risk while you're doing it to build it up. And then there's a period where you just got to absolutely pulverize it, right? Yeah. You want to own it in that pulverizing period where they're just absolutely going through upgrade cycles. You run it up. You do not want to be there when they're going tough times, rebuild, mm. refurb, capex, right. uncertainty. Okay. I think that these, these guys do you have- You put a downgrade on them though. Oh, just as a whole, just on valuation grounds. Right. Because we, we bought it's it at $2 um, and it's now almost doubled. Okay, that, so. so you bought it in the March pullback. March pullback, right. yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, I think right. you want a big uh, margin of safety for a business like this. That isn't right. great quality. Um, I should add that I would prefer this over Crown, not just because of the Crown shenanigans, but because Star is overwhelmingly a domestic casino. Yep. Casinos that rely on overseas operators to come in earn lower margins, take higher risk, and right. are much more cyclical. So this okay. is better. Um, so would you you buy it at around three sixty? I'd I'd be it holding it around this price. Look, yeah, and if yeah. you if you have a lower risk profile, I, I think you still make okay, okay returns from here as well. All right. Um, Ari wants a view on Optia uh, Gorad, the biotechnology company, into. Uh, uh, new drugs for treatment for eye diseases is that their specialty. I didn't know anything about this till I looked at it. It was he he had a seven hundred million dollar business that I knew nothing about. Um, yeah. As I've said to you before, David, I'm not really um, medical science is not my field. We've actually got a guy who's great at it. Um, I checked with him quickly, and he didn't know much about this one either. Right. I don't have too much to offer here, except the science for the layperson like me appears promising, but then it always does in company presentations. Yeah. Um, they don't, they're pre-revenue at this stage. They still have to prove up that their product actually works, so then they have to work on selling it. And for a, a medical business, the sales channel is much harder than you would think. It's not yeah. like a normal business that you could just put your product on a shelf and it flies. Um, convincing hospitals and doctors to prescribe it and to use it um, is, is difficult. So yeah. it, it, this is probably harder than it appears. Um, I don't know whether it works, uh, whether it will work or not. Um, I, I just find it hard to really give you a yep. uh, analyst's opinion on it. I'm not sure yep. my opinion is better than anyone else's in yep. this case. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So I, I think if you're in there, you must have a reason, so hold on to it. Okay. It could do very well, but to get an insight from here is hard. Yeah, Nathan? Um, look, I, I love biotechs. Uh, they're just yeah, it's strange, isn't it? It's, it's a complete um, interesting concept, Sim mm. very similar to uh, psych psychology of investing like miners. Um, because you take very high risk, you know, they dig a hole, find something, these guys are trying to cure something. Um, and the risk is very high. Um, yes, everyone says, oh, I can go look through the geological blah, blah, blah. And the same thing with biotech, they can go through the science and say these are the steps and you get there. Now, this thing was trading 60, 70 cents about a year and a bit ago mm. and went to $4 on the news of what potentially it could be mm. and on a global scale. Mm. So think of it this way. Blue sky is $4. We've yeah. been there. Yeah. Uh, you know, nobody knew, 60 cents. It's trading at in, in a, around the halfway level. So mm. a lot of the guys who took the initial run probably are starting to take a bit of profit right. and it's coming off. Now, it's a bit like a mine. Think of a, a mining stock because it's easy for you to understand. So in a mining stock, when they drill a hole and find something, everyone goes, whoa, extrapolate 
forever happening, blah, blah, it's you know billion dollar stock. And then they have to actually raise money, uh, build a mine, execute. So this comes to execution now. They have yeah. to prove it, get it manufacturing, get it out there, da, 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 da. That's where the risk is and people, so what you want is, you do not want to be there, you want to be there before people get excited and you want to be there when the execution is actually hitting the road and you're beginning to see the numbers come through. Because they, they, they suck money they suck money they while they're that. doing that. <laughs> and execution in biotech space, trust me, even the best loved ones that and I've loved a lot in the yeah. last 10 years, they take 10 to 15 years to get through. And I'm not saying all of them are like that, but a lot of them are like that. So you could be falling in love and being there for a very long time. So this is one of those stocks where I'd say, you don't want to be there now because they're going through the execution, they're going through the tough period. Everyone knows what it could be. It's not a, going to be a surprise factor. It's about execution. So you do not go there now. You go there when they start to get things going and there's traction hitting, there's sales coming through, yep. then you get into it. That's the next production side of it. So um, you're not buying a surprise factor. You got to buy, if you're going for a biotech for the surprise factor, you got to go before the first wooshka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's happened. Yeah. So the market knows what it is and what it can be. So it goes to wooshka, as you say, which is a technical term of Nathan. <laughs> so it goes to wooshka. And then it's got to deliver, exactly. doesn't it? And Which the market time. goes. Yeah, and oh, then there's okay. your risk return, right? Yeah. So then you, then yeah. you move from a, a, a exploration type miner to actually production. So yeah. now you're going towards mm -hmm. that production side. Prove, get the product out there. So that that'll take time. Okay. All right. Uh, Caroline uh, Maitham wants a view on uh, West Gold Resources. Um, Gold mining exploration development company based in WA. Yeah, it's one of mine. Uh, I do like the gold sector, and this is one of our small cap picks. And small cap, I, did you say? Yeah, well, is it a billion dollars? It's, it's, it's well, now small caps have got a bigger. <laughs> um, so when we got in, uh, well, X100. Mm. Um, so it's still a small cap. Some of these things have run hard. This one actually has outperformed the sector. Yeah. yeah. Now. The, the interesting part is I can't actually work out why. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's, I can see the thematics because people like, I mean, a number of these guys have a lot of small holdings and these explorers are finding new things and that kind of adds to the growth outlook. These guys got all the boxes I like, good management, Australia, mm. gold thematic, mm. um, you know, cost on an Aussie dollar basis, you're doing really well, uh, managed well. So I don't have a problem with it. It's had a run, and I think the brokers have upgraded, I think the last time from memory, it's about 315, 320 target price. Now yeah. brokers are usually the momentum players, so they'll upgrade when it's going up and downgrade when it's going down. <laughs> um, so I'm not following that per se, but this has been one of the outperformers. Uh, we don't see a need to have to get out of it. If you were looking at a gold stock, this is probably not the one I would go for. Right. Similar kind of thematic, I'll look at Gold Road. Um, right. And it hasn't had the run, mm. um, and it's high quality. You know, ticks me all the same boxes. So I'm going. You know, people. You know, people tend to buy, especially in the retail space. People buy things going up. Yeah. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that guy's buying it for a reason. So if I don't know, I'm going to buy that one. So the things that go up tend to get more interest. So I tend to look at through the thematic and say, what 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 are they buying? And so if I was going to buy a gold stock at the moment, Gold Road for me right. ticks all but the boxes and it hasn't yeah. had a run. And look, the previous peak was $2. It's now around $1.40, $1.50. Right. So you can get easily 30% back to the highs where West Gold is trading at all-time highs. Yep. So, yep. you know, that, that's- Good point. Risk so In the timing. Yep. Exactly. I generally like miners. I started off as a, as a mining analyst. Um, I like miners. I don't like gold miners. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, no one knows the price of gold. 
David. Um, everyone thinks it's David every day. No one knows what it was going to be. No one knows right, if it's. Yeah. A, if, I mean, when you think of iron ore or copper, these are tangible commodities that have a use case. Yeah. You can come up with a marginal cost of production. You can kind of model supply and demand. You can come up with a guesstimate of where the correct price should be. And if you're faced with a, a miner, you can plug that price in, and you can get an estimate of what cash flows come yeah. out. You can you can think of it like a like a disciplined investor. Now, when it comes to gold, there is no tangible use case. Um, this is a um, it's all sentiment. This is an investment um, decision. It's not really a. Um, it's a relative risk rate. Well, that's just gobbledygook to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're investing something, you're you, you want cash flows from the business, and the price you pay yeah. is the present value of the cash flows you're going to get, and that's the full stop, Nathan. There's there's nothing after that's that right. sentence. <laughs> and they're paying about a hundred percent margin at this point. The now, gold but but tell me, like, what, what? How do you determine the correct price of gold? People say, well, they're printing money. Okay, yeah. so does that mean that the correct price of gold is a thousand dollars, ten thousand, one hundred thousand? There's no sensible answer to that question. And I agree with that. And that's that's where I find it funny when people. It's like you know, it's like people trying to pick CSL's China price. It's yeah. you know, add ten percent to the current price because I need to buy. But in reality, if with gold, I don't necessarily have a level. Um, I don't sit there and go, it's going to go to 2,000 or some of them, right. 5,000 or 10,000. I mean, it's like saying Dow will be 50,000 in 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point it will be. Uh, but the thing about gold is, my view of the gold trade sector is, I look at gold as a relative risk trade. So I'm only looking at gold as where it is now for the risk what it is. Do I see the risk higher or lower in the future? That's where it plays into. Right. And at this point, and the risk is higher. higher. Yeah. So for me, the gold trade works, which has been for us for about 12 months, yeah. running into this election. The problem and is that's, that's the way everyone looks at it. And when you just get, there is so much mispricing in gold because there's actually no proper way to value it. And it's all people applying their own biases and coming up and trying to defend their own biases with sensible sounding things like what Nathan has just said. <laughs> <laughs> but look, um, that aside, if you have a belief on gold, a few things you need to know about West Gold. First of all, this is a billion dollar business. It actually yep. makes real money. Um, it does make a profit. It um, it has a large resource of inventory. It's in WA in the Merchantson, and they actually have a big uh, a big inventory of gold there to mine. Um, it's a high cost producer. And despite right. what you might think, if you're if you're a believer in the gold price, you actually want to buy a high cost producer. Forget about trying to buy a low cost producer because you want leverage. If you believe. Um, in the gold price, then don't waste your time trying to buy a low-cost producer. Ma maximize your returns, mm. buy a high-cost producer, and that way you have maximum leverage to the gold price. Right. You're already taking on so much risk. It seems silly to me to try and 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 be pedantic and say, oh, no, I only want the low low-cost stuff. No, go right. for the high-cost stuff. That's and true. This will be on the list. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a high-cost producer. He's well managed. Yeah. They've grown their resource and production well. Okay. I would say if you want gold, then this seems so looks okay. Without any substantiation or any inside knowledge, yes. just looking at the data, mm. the only logic I can put to it is somebody thinks this is going to get taken out. Ah, right. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. okay. I think All right. like what's happened with Saracen and Northern Star? Yeah, yeah. Look, most of these guys are churning out cash better than the banks. And this, they, and they haven't been acquiring up yeah. until yeah. this so time. The, so these guys all have had, the smart ones have had their tentacles in a lot of little places, right? Mm. So where the real humdinger is, if you're, you know, it's like, you know, we've always had this view that, you know, like for like, you, you get the competitive yeah. advantage, economies of scale. So someone like a Perseus, why don't they look at someone like Resolute? 
badly managed, had problems, blah, blah. Persia yep. is great, well managed. Yep. Both have the African exposure. You put them together yep. and you get rid of the dodgy management, put the good management, boom, multiple expansion, right? Yep. Yep. That makes logical sense. And so for me, mm -hmm. the only logical sense that because the sector is going through consolidation, the guys are, it's a, there's a eHarmony dating agency running around and people are talking to people <laughs> and you know, we've had the diggers and dealers and mm. you've had all mm. these talks. So yeah. that is the only logic I can think of and I don't know anything, yeah. but the w fact that this has outperformed almost every other one, um, you know. I thought it was back, because of the high leverage. So the high cost it, means but that- But there are other high leverage yeah, ones yeah, that's that fair. didn't. That's so fair, you're right. And, yeah. and it's also not, I mean, yes, it's a billion, but yeah. uh, all the gold stocks have run a bit. But it's not as big as the other ones, yeah, yeah, and no, and not as uh, mm. production is not as big. So the only logic I can put to is, someone is oh. out there having a chat. Okay, <laughs> and it's after diggers and dealers, which is the big gold conference yeah. in WA each year. I will just quickly add though, he's right about Gold Road. I, if there's one stock that's kind of worth looking at that may actually be properly mispriced, I, right. I would I would um, highlight Gold Road. Mm. It's a they've got the entire belt. They've they found a new gold belt that's completely untouched. Yeah. I've spoken to the chief geologist there a couple of years ago, and these guys know what they're doing. They've got great oh, data, that's good. and it's quite interesting. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. Uh, Max now wants a view, um, uh, Gorev, on NRW. Um, what do you call this? Uh, a services company, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, basically across resources, it's in civil engineering, infrastructure. Yeah, so it, it's, um, I almost think of it as an engineering business to the resources sector. Yeah. But yeah. I think you're right. I think thinking of it as a, as a mining services business yeah. adequately explains the very high risk and the very high reward you get out of something like this. Um, mining services is without question, even worse than agriculture, the lousiest part of the market. <laughs> it is the home to the crummiest companies, to the most charlatans, to the worst returns. <laughs> Imagine if Gura was the CEO of a company and you turned up and you've just blown something up and you go, oh, okay then, I won't be coming for the next year. I remember, um, we've just looked at so many yeah. of these. A lot of these, um, first of all, you've got to get, get used to going through the accounts because these are all contract businesses and yeah. they all recognize plenty of revenue up front. Yeah. They all spend all their money buying their equipment and then there's very little cash coming through the door. They have to pay all their debts and, and by the time they get to, to generate enough cash to pay their debts, the cycle's turned and that's why you see so many of these businesses going bust. Now, NRW is actually one of the better ones. It's well managed. Um, it has a proper um, competitive position. Because I wasn't it, expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a but. There There's is a but. Yeah, there is a but. <laughs> this, is, this is better than most of them. Yes. Right. Um, but I, I, st I still think this makes... Uh, this is still a subpar business. It's a it's a right. lower than average quality business. But in the mining services space, this is actually one it's of the one of the good ones. Right. It's a star. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a star. Yeah. Um, but the good thing about it is that it is actually well managed. Um, right. The people in charge you, you actually put together decent accounts. Right. Um, you know they go after decent projects and they have some some allocation discipline, right. um, which is not believe me right. not true for <laughs> not most of the sector. Yeah. Right. If you were wanted to dabble in this space. You could, but honestly, there are much better businesses to be right. playing around with. He just oh, could no. not let it yeah. go. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, it's good, but no. In the past, but you, but you shouldn't. You're saying you just shouldn't be in the sector. No. Because it's too hard. Now, years ago. If, you are, if you're fixated with yeah. being in this sector, then NRW is. Yes, it's yeah, actually one of the better ones, yeah. Right. Now, um, in the past, we have actually bought NRW and a few mm -hmm. others, but the only time to buy these is when the industry is on its knees. 
Right. And there are times in the cycle where these make sense. I think the last time we bought this sub a dollar, sold it for a loss, mind you, because I lost my nerve completely. It looked like it was going to get bust. But, um, but if you can buy these things super cheap, yeah. um, well below asset value, um, you know, when everything is crumbling, then, then you can make good returns. Otherwise, I just would not play here. Okay. Amazing. Um, Wow, how do I follow that? Yeah, <laughs> you better not say that. No, and he's going to say, this, "I love this center." This, this is what I love about you know going to the show because Gorax yeah. will challenge you on everything, yeah. and we did, and it gives you ideas, right? Yeah, makes absolutely. You think. Um, NWH actually um, ranks quite well on the numbers. Yes, they, they, the always right they always yeah, do. Yeah, they always do. Yeah. And the but the thing on the flip side is the actual capex, and uh, you know. I've, We've talked about this before. The capex numbers from the big miners globally are actually quite positive. They are, you know, we agree. They've been historically managed like, yes. you know, a fish shop. Now yes. they're actually being managed like a proper miner. Yeah. Uh, they've they're very uh, good on the balance sheet. Their cash flows are really good. Um, it's as well as been managed for a very long time. And the macro, what we're seeing on commodity cycles, I think it's very supportive over the next couple of years. So the, the whole mining outlook is very positive for me. The capex is positive for me. So eventually that should feed through. But remember back in the day, you know, this is the problem when you're looking at relative valuation, you start looking at the times when, you know, $200,000 truck drivers. Uh, I mm. remember that article. Right. That mm. was a peak yeah. of the stupidity. Yeah. Uh, so when we had those kind of things, that's what people are comparing multiples to. It's not going to go back there. Mm. It's like when people tell me broking is going to go back to 90s. No, <laughs> yeah. it's not yeah. going to happen. You have to look mm. at what it is now. So now it's much more competitive. And Gurev's right. The margins are very tight. So you've got to have management that delivers and manages well. Because if they sign up a few dud deals, they can be stuck in there for years. And you don't know the dud deals until exactly. years later. But yeah. so, so the there trick is a certain is level of... You buy the guy who has a track record of delivering good yes. deals, yeah. right? And these guys do. Mm. Now, so the macro is positive, the sector is positive. We like the mining services sector because mm. it's been blown up. I mean, yeah. it's literally got holes like a miner everywhere. Um, Seven Group has outperformed, and yeah. that's dragging the whole sector. And they're good at it, and they're diversified, and so forth. So if you want to buy the sector and you don't know what to do, that's the one you buy. It's mm. like right. the VHP for miners, right. you don't know what to do. Um, this one's probably one of those ones, but you've got to keep your eye on it. If the numbers turn on you, don't fall in love, just get out. So if you're gonna get in, have a very close t uh, stop loss and manage your risk. I, I, don't, I don't mind this one because I think the, mm. the macro is turning and a lot of these things. And another one I always look at in the mining services um, is Alesco, ALS. Um, it's a bit unique. You can play that for the testing cycle uh, right. because every, it uses everyone, you're not taking the risk of someone punching a hole and finding something. Right. You're, you're basically a service provider. The other one I would they're, look at... They're a big laboratory that, right. that tests all the mining samples yeah. that come in. So the yeah. other side of that is guys blow crap up. Um, Orica. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think that's a very cheap, really high quality... Okay. It used to be crappy quality, I yeah. agree. Yeah. No, no, but they've I, actually I, I, I agree with that. Oh, I thought yeah. Graham's going to blow <laughs> no, up. No, 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 But it's literally part of the fun. But they're actually doing new things with the remote control um, detonation yeah, and yeah, valuation is quite supportive. Mm. Yeah. I think it's an interesting stock. Um, okay. I think it's a good high quality. So, so I would look at a few of those, but again... Rather than NRW. See, it's a much smaller play and yeah. much tougher play. Mm. But I think Orica is much better player and a dominant player and much better quality. Okay. So I would go for something like an Orica. Okay. Um, uh, I would throw uh, yeah. Minres in there yes. as well. Yes, but Minres... Yeah, it's kind of a minor as well, isn't it? It's, it's, mm. it's actually benefited from iron ore and mm. lithium outperformance, 
So yes, I had it in my model. Yeah. It just ran too far. But that crushing then, business. Minrose has yes. a crushing business. They dominate crushing. And um, and like Oracle, what you want is yeah. you want um, a provider who Jeez, takes care of all the for a crappy sector. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really goes on about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, the, but the interesting I'll, part I'll about stop. it is, even like I always look at yeah. it and say, it doesn't matter what the sector is, it doesn't matter what the market is. Mm. Even in a negative okay. market, there are pockets where you can make a lot of money. Mm. That's what I love about gold. Yeah. Even when the world looks crap, you can make money in gold. Even when you know mining looks bad, there are certain right. miners that will do well. So there's okay. always opportunities. Let's keep it moving. Right. On to uh, Vita Group now from Tanya. Mm. Uh, this is always a fascinating company for me because I start mm. reading about and they go, we own Telstra stores and uh, uh, Telstra uh, business ICT channels. And I thought, oh, it's a tech business. And then they're into um, Face Today, Pampa Medical Skin Clinic, uh, clear complexions. And I'm going. Hang on, is it? This is a bit weird. Going from tech to face creams and stuff like that, and in men's athletic gear. I'm going. Oh, this is a really interesting conglomerate. This one does it perform. Uh, this is a really interesting business. So the way to think about this, this is actually a retailer. It's a specialist right. retailer. But what they do is they manage the operations, the retail operations, for. Third part for external clients, so right. it, it doesn't actually own Telstra stores. It runs the retail operations of Telstra right. stores because oh. Telstra doesn't know how to do it. Right, um, and for that they take a cut of of the uh, revenue going through the business. Right now, years ago, um, Telstra inked a really bad deal for them, and it meant that Vita Group was taking a huge slice of the retail cream in the Telstra stores, and they performed brilliantly. They managed the stores really well, yep. but um, Telstra has since renegotiated that deal, uh, um, and they now are back to earning just average rates of return. Right. And, and that's the issue here. They are actually very good at what they do. It's a well-managed company. Mm. They do retail very well, but the, they will only ever earn normal rates of return because the brand owner, equity okay. owner, will take the cream. Okay. Um, that's why they're trying to now actually buy brands outright and run the retail operations. That's, uh, I think that's very difficult. Not only do you have to manage the store and logistics, then you have to manage the brand and marketing. Completely different skill set. This is actually a, like I said, well-managed business, knows what it's doing, but I just wouldn't buy it. Um, okay. Yeah, it's yeah, hard. I'll start with a joke. A friend of mine bought it and gave me a call. He's a broker. Gave me a call and I was working in a different shop. And uh, he gave me, he goes, oh, got this vitamin stock? Vitamin <laughs> stock. What a group. I said, maybe not. And then I went through yeah. and said, oh, I don't think it is. And then uh, it went up. And I looked at the numbers and said, actually, it's doing okay. But you bought it for the wrong reason, but that's okay. <laughs> it was fine because of what they were doing at that time with mm. the Telstra deal. I had a friend of mine whose um, friends used to own stores, and they told mm. me how the dynamics work. They're very good at, as Guru explained, at the time when they had the good deal, they were very good at managing their stores. So if you were one of the bottom, they had that uh, just-in-time model. If you were one of the bottom end yeah. <coughs> guys, they'll cut the shop down. Right. And they'll go to the next one that's got the high margin. So they always kill off the bad performing stores, so they only ha held on to the stores. And so they did really well. They managed that really well. That was a good time. They killed it. And Graham's right. What they're doing now in the last couple of years is much harder. And it's not mm. you're not buying the... Sh 
the, the premium advantage that they had before, now you're buying a tough retail business. And look at that, that five-year chart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where <laughs> they, they you can see where the, the deal was rewritten. Yeah, yes. yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. So <laughs> it's yeah. one of those ones where you're mm. now you're buying it, it's not going to go back to what it sure, was. No. It, it's, it, that's the problem. People look at those charts and go, oh, it could go back there. Yeah. No, no, it's well, not going to go it's back It's a great there. lesson just to be wary of companies that are over-earning. That's one of the yeah. first questions we look at. Is this company earning too much money? Um, and, and in this case it was yeah. and the other lesson from that is and I've made this mistake on the numbers is that mm. when they earn too much you go oh they're earning too much you don't want to be there that's not always the case because everyone tells you certain stocks are a short story they go 10 times and they're still a short story yeah, so yeah. the reality is something that's earning well till the, the market is willing to buy into it till it's challenged till it actually starts to crack so the question is how much risk return so if you're in a stock that's going up because it's doing way better than everyone else, start taking some money off the table yep. and reduce your risk. Thanks and profits. then when it, at some point when it cracks, yeah, it might come off, but you've already made decent profit yep. and you're reducing your risk as you go. So yep. yes, you shouldn't be there and you should question, but don't get out because generally these things tend to run a lot longer than what I think. Yep. Uh, but this is one where I'd say, no, there okay. are better retailers out there and this is not good enough. All right, let's recap the first uh, five stocks and stock of the day. Infratil, uh, a yes from both uh, Gorab and Maithan. Star is a hold. Uh, Optio, uh, a no. Uh, Westgold, um, a yes from, um, uh, from Gorab, no from Maithan. He prefers Gold Road and... Mm. Um, I think uh, Gorab does as well. NRW, a uh, no from both. Um, if you want that area, um, despite sort of uh, <laughs> Gorab's aversion, will we call to it? Uh, violent aversion. Uh, yeah, <laughs> violent, <laughs> violent aversion. Uh, seven Group, Orica or ALS could be a better uh, fit all. Um, and both a no for Vita. Um, here on the call, we've tracked the portfolios. Any stocks that get... Uh, unanimous agreement from our panel go into the portfolio. Let's see how it's performing over the last week. It's up 0.4% uh, on the month to date. We're up just over 8% and uh, since the 1st of July, just under 18%. And uh, look at some of the stocks that have been added lately. Uh, Blue Scope, Steel, Tyro, Levisa, Infratil, Ordinate and Hanson Technologies. Some of the stocks that have come out, Spark and Amcor. And if you want to take a look at the what's in the portfolio, go to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. We'll keep checking on it and bring you up to date. Uh, coming up on the Pulse, TNT Mines is getting into the gold space with a capital raise underway to uh, fund an acquisition with uh, Warida. Uh, we're joined by Warida's uh, Chief Executive, Matthew Boys who will take over as CEO of TNT Mines following the acquisition. That's coming up at 10 past one. All right, uh, let's kick off the, uh, the second half of suggestions. Uh, a company that uh, seems to have captured the headlines uh, recently, Gaurav. Uh, Sam wants a view on Mesoblast, the, uh, the biotech. Uh, they've had um, a drug in with the FDA for a while and mm. Its share price seems to follow the fortunes of <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> yeah, this stock drives me crazy a little bit because we get so many questions. It generates oh, yeah. so much controversy, so much attention. And, and for what? I mean... They're great is, at selling the story. Yes, they're right. They, you're, you're right. They're great at selling the story. They've been around for, for ages. Now, they might have some smart technology, but 
this is not a game where you have to identify the people with smart technology. You, you yeah. actually need to generate returns. As I said before, free cash flow discounted back to today's price. That, that's what we're trying to do here. And there's just there's nothing to commend Misoblast. I mean, even as a speculation, how do you even come to terms with the probabilities here? I, I don't understand why people buy this. I don't know why it got up so high. I still think it's overpriced. I would just avoid yep. this altogether. Open. Mm. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. You I mean, thought you missed the dividing services road. Right. You didn't even go full terrorism on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. Mm. Uh, look, I've, look, I've been following this for a very long time. And my first lesson was, I think it was about 10 years ago. I was doing a seminar in um, Melbourne for one of my former uh, places. And, um, and I ran into someone who does uh, biotech Australia um, right. um, articles. And she gave me a full lesson on some of the biotechs over the last, mm. you know, 10, 20 years and how many times they've raised and what they went through, da 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 And it's amazing how well she knew everything. And, and I, at that time, I was young and dumb and, you know, falling for this trick. And Good I, thing that's changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've burnt enough money uh, trying to pick the next uh, cancer mm. cure. Obviously, that hasn't worked out um, because we haven't had one. Um, but... The interesting part about it is obviously stem cells. Yeah. If you know, I tend to look at the thematics of what's playing out, what's happening globally, and so forth. Stem cells are big globally. Everyone is looking for this, especially with after COVID. Stem cells are playing a massive part. So there is a lot of interest. Yeah. They do have a very big library. They've been at it for a very long time. There is value there, and with what's happening in geopolitics, there is a. Um, I suppose that there's a health war between U.S. Japan and um, China because they see the longer term health tech space as critical uh, in the long run. So there is money chasing some of these stocks. And Mesoblast is one where as much as they've promised a lot lot of times and they haven't delivered and it's one of those things every time there is a new way of using it and the people get excited, there is interest in, there is always that M&A interest. Gurav's right, you have to look at these things with a risk return hat on. So you do not buy this thing when it runs from you know less about dollar fifty to five dollars just ahead of an FDA announcement. Mm. Unless you've got inside information, and I don't, um, there was still a small risk of that not playing out. Mm. The market price that there was no risk of people were buying days before the announcement as the end of the quarter came. And I said, That's again, what yeah. are you, what's the upside in buying? Because everyone knows what is potentially coming. The risk is that it doesn't, and it didn't happen, yeah. and it got slaughtered. Uh, and I'll give you a classic, another example, where it's got a proven product, MVP, Medical uh, Development um, International, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. The green whistle, when a yeah. footy player falls oh, yeah. out. Yeah, 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 the yeah. green whistle, right? It's a proven product, right? You can buy that at $5 shares. If that gets US approval, it'll be somewhere around $15. Now, this is a proven product actually being used around the world, yeah. but it's waiting and the timing of it mm. has lapsed and that's underperformed. So this is where you've got to understand the okay. risk return. So this one, you were at five, $6, you were buying something that the market already knew for very little return and you had a lot of downside risk. It's come off and I think because of, because of that, historically what happens is this underperforms for a period of time till they get a good news, right? Yeah. So it'll keep coming off. So I'm not trying to pick the bottom. I will wait till they get the next potential story that they can sell stem cells in. That's when you get in. 
not when you, so if you want to trade this stock, you wait till the positive news comes. What is already out there, market knows and it's failed and it's probably going to strike okay. out in the short term. All right, so I know for uh, Meso Blast there. Um, all right, Nathan, Zip, Omer wants a view on Zip, the buy now, pay later financial I just uh, growth. We should call an ambulance because by the time we get through this, we're going to lose it. I need the green whistle. <laughs> uh, we had another one listed this, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. Zebit, I think. Yeah, yeah Zebit. Uh, yeah. Look, there's a couple of thousands in this. Um, look, Zip is one of the ones that I actually like in the lot yeah. because from day one, they actually had the risk management model built in and so forth. Yeah. So they were planning for something that should have happened. Regulators should have done this because now everyone is using this back door to yep. basically have cheap credit out there yep. under the illusion that is buy now, get stuff later. Yep. Um, so in that context, I think Zip's not bad, but everything has a price and you're pricing in a fair bit. Yep. You know, All of them have run hard. There is no surprise factor. When it ran to that $9, um, you know, that was just, it's a, you know, the whole global expansion play, right? Yeah. The thing that I find hard to understand is there is something called a Google. Just go type it in and say US buy now, pay later or UK buy now, pay later. This fintech's been there for years, yep. mm. years. The UK ones are massive global players. They've been there for years. They've got millions of customers already. And to say that suddenly these guys are going to go and take over the world. I go, ah, uh, With a new technology. Yeah, yeah. it's not. It's yeah. a, there's, there's plenty of platforms. So I don't, I think you've got to be a bit more critical about these things. I think Zip's a good model. I think I prefer Zip yeah. over the rest, but I think the sector is way overdone. I think you need the hot money to come out. So I'm staying out of it. Sure, it might outperform, it might underperform. Yeah. And I, the other thing to remember is the whole sector benefited out of government handout, Yeah. right? And that's fading. Unemployment, real unemployment is double digit and it's gonna go higher. Yeah. And Reserve Bank's telling you, they're not cutting rates because things are honky-dory. Uh, so in that context, I think these sectors will mm. struggle. So look, it's, it's one that I would buy, but not around these levels. Yeah. I'll be waiting for it to come back. Hey, look, right. it's just a matter of style for me. Uh, our style is not to buy the hottest stuff in the hottest sector. In yeah. my view, there's a clear bubble mania in this part of the market and, and uh, I'd be out of there, regardless of, of um, what you think might happen in the future. I just think there is so much, so many indications that um, things are overheating. I mean, it could go on for longer, but I, I don't see why you investors need to be here at all. I, because I'm you're not so, gonna, yeah. the problem with this is, and with every hot sector is, <coughs> you don't know when the music stops. Sure. Yeah. And everyone tells you, oh, you can look at liquidity and so, yeah. when the music stops, liquidity goes poof. Yeah. And then you're the one holding the chair and the opposite. Must admit, in my little super fund, I got out of it because it was just Insane. too nerve-wracking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's easier things to do. But if you've right, done well, why not? Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. right. All right, uh, Helen wants a view, uh, Gorab on Infomedia, mm. um, supplier of uh, parts, uh, catalogues and service systems to the automotive industry. Yeah, look, I'm not familiar with this. People at my at Intelligent Investor have covered this uh, sort of 10 years ago, before my, my time really, um, and they've liked it. It's been years since we've had a look at this again. I was surprised how large it's actually grown. Um, it's it's now morphed into a rather successful um, business. I think it's, what, mm. 700 million or so? Wow. Um, so uh, I think there's, there's a lot to commend this. The model is actually quite good. You're, you're supplying 
uh, crucial information to, um, uh, to a, uh, a large market um, and without that information, they can't actually yeah. do their job. So the, the yeah. car parts um, and the, the catalog of all the, all the things that dealers and OEMs require, um, these guys actually publish and supply those, that catalog. Um, so they, it's, it's a crucial function. Um, it's a small pass part of a very large uh, value chain. Um, so it doesn't actually, the product doesn't actually cost very much in, in terms of running cost of yeah. their, their customers. So the price looks really attractive. Um, uh, it, it worries me that when we're in, a, in the hot part of the market and you end up with a stock with a very low multiple, I think that's, that raises questions. But I think there's enough here to be looking at Infinity okay. with some interest. I don't know it as well, so I won't uh, okay. so hold it best, but it's, it's probably worth looking at. No, he's right. It, it's a good business. It's mm. always been a good business, but I think it's been hit on um, sentiment. And oh, also, yes. people are not spending to fix their cars. Now, I thought car sales would struggle, and it has, new car yeah. sales has, but the yeah. used car sales are doing really well. Yep. So the reality is people want to avoid public transport. They're buying you know, motorcycles and used cars, and they're using that, and you can see it. So in that context, at some point, it's a bit like replacement cycle for mining services, equipment, and stuff like that. So used cars will need replacement, and that's where these guys come in. So you, if you look at you know, the guys who fix up AP Eagers and stuff like that, they've had a good bounce. You look at car sales, they've had a good bounce. All mm. of those thematics have had actually good bounce. This is the one that's being used underneath all that, so I think it'll be okay. Um, at the moment, it's kind of got hit by the thematic because people think it's too hard to play that thematic through this. So I think it's an interesting stock. This is, people tend to think, you know, over-analyze this as a tech stock. It's not much yes. of a tech, it's just online. I mean, yeah. it's a catalog online. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Pretty much. But it's a very well-run business. It's a global business. It's a good business. Um, and I think it's okay. I think it's a good multiple. Okay. I, I, I don't mind it. Uh, uh, look, do I buy it now? No, because it's like looking at the number of the data points, it's still a bit negative. Yep. And it hasn't clicked through. I'll be waiting for the first proper upgrade okay. cycle. And I don't mind missing the first 5 10% because, you know, the previous peak was, uh, you know, 230, 240. Look, I, I think if it goes back, this is one of those stable businesses. So I'd expect this to be trading above $2. So I don't mind it. I would wait for this to get to about 180 yep. on an upgrade. Then I would buy it. Okay. All right. Um, Adam wants a view, um, Maitan, on Tesserent, the cybersecurity. Yeah, uh, TNT. Correct. Yep. Yes. Um, it's a, oh, this is it's going to kill him. <laughs> I, I just love today. Um, <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> this is another growth story. Hmm. Cybersecurity. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of stocks. Tezzerin is one, White Hawk is another Massive one. Massive year today, I was yeah. gonna say, look at that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's had a huge run. Um, and they, you know, they're doing well. It's, it's probably the market darling in this category yeah. at the moment. Yeah. And I think it ticks a lot of boxes. They've had pretty good information flow. How do you value that? I mean, my um, head of IT, um, Ben's good at these things. And he looked, I, I was like, I'm stupid when it gets to these kind of high tech, so I just get Ben, what do you think? Yeah. And he goes, this is good. And I went, Ben doesn't say that often. Yeah. So when he says that, you've got to pay attention. And yes, he was right, and it's had a run. Actually, he bought it, uh, which is, which is <laughs> a problem. Get know, him in the chair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's good with tech. Um, mm. So because he comes from, a, he looks at it yeah. from a user perspective, yeah. this is, it's not a bad stock, but it, I just find it hard to value because it's, you know, it's about what it could be, yeah. not what it is. Yeah. And you know when the things run as much as it has run, it's hard to get excited now. Okay. But look, 
if you have it, I wouldn't be selling it. Yep. I would have hold it because they are going to, they continue to deliver good news and they're in the right areas. They're winning contracts. So in that context, I'll play the momentum. All right. I don't know it very well, but there are a few things to think about here. First of all, the growth strategy is all acquisition led. Um, in all their materials, they love to highlight that they are the largest data security business on the ASX. Yep. Mind you, they only got there because they bought up everyone else. Yeah. So it's, right. it, it's an um, aggregator. And aggregators always, always fail. And um, just one thing, I'll jump in and say, the big move initially yep. was when the government came out, came out and said, you know, it's yeah. X billions of dollars yeah, are going yeah. into Scott Morrison. Yes, that's right. That's You're right. Because yeah. of the Chinese. I yep. suspect um, it makes it does make a profit, by the way. The accounting looks um, complicated. I would want to sit down with it uh, right. because there are contracts involved. There are timing issues involved. You want to look at revenue recognition. It, you need some time with this. This is a bit more complex than it first appears. But it seems to me there's a very simple story underneath this. This is the number. This is the largest cybersecurity business on the ASX, and everyone thinks cybersecurity is the new theme, and they bought this as a default. Yep. I don't think the price movement really reflects movement in the business. Right. Um, now, I had a quick look at the board. There's actually a very good chairman on board, the founder of UXC. Um, we've had a look at UXC in the past. It was it was taken over, but um, a well-run business. So that that's a good tick. Yep. That the chairman is quite good. Um, I don't know the other board members well, but um, you'd want to be very careful about buying this or even right. holding this yep. here when there's so much exuberance around this sector and it looks as though a story has been sold. Okay. So you'd take some profits if we I were in it? I wouldn't hold it, avoid it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm. And just quickly, because we're running out of time, yep. um, final one, Linus Corporation. I actually like Linus. Um, mm. I went through this in some detail when West Farmers made their bid the first yep. time I looked at this. Um, this is a very good business. The, I was stunned by the, um, by the actual mm. cash flow capability of the company. Um, it's, forget about mining, it's not a mining business. This is a chemicals business. Um, yeah. It just happens to get its feedstock, chemical feedstock from a mining operation, which is very small and inconsequential. Yeah. All the risk and all the technical difficulty and all the, um, all the rewards are actually in the chemical separation. Right. Um, and it looks like they've got a flow sheet that works quite well. They're not generating much income now, um, but mm. um, they have a bit more work to do. They've got to build a plant in WA, a bit more capex to spend. But I think this is potentially worth sort of eight or nine dollars. Wow. It's quite interesting. Okay. Um, I probably need to do a bit more work on it, but right. I put a spec buy on this. I think okay. this is a better one of the better stocks. Okay. Yeah, in it's, the area. Look, it, it's a, a trade war stock, yeah. um, and it's play, the management has played it really well. Uh, and getting it uh, reset, and I think they've done a bloody good job. Um, do I chase it here? I think most people will probably struggle on the risk return, but uh, uh, look, your the backstop is West Farmers were willing to pay in the low two dollars from memory. Yeah. Uh, so in the reality, is your downside risk is it's not going to go too far below two bucks because someone will take it out. Because West yeah. when West Farmers offered it, there was a lot of problems. Yeah. And they don't have any, most of those problems anymore. So in that context, this should yes, support right. mid two dollars. Mm. So okay. your downside risk is if it goes below mid twos, West Farmers, West Farmers might turn around and say, well, I'll not have another bite. So right. okay. in that context, I think you've got a backstop. But uh, yeah, I think people will just struggle to see that it's gone three times in six months. Okay. Buy. So you wouldn't buy it? Uh, I'm not a buyer here. No, not okay. that one. All right. Let's recap the uh, Miso Blast, uh, a no from both the guys. Uh, Zip, a, uh, a no. Infomedia, a watch from Gaurav, a no from, uh, uh, from Mathan. Uh, Tessa Red, a hold from Mathan, a no from Gaurav. And 
Linus a spitfire from uh, Gaurav and a no from Nathan. Um, great to see you. Likewise, yeah. Geez, that flew by, didn't it? Yeah. You two have heard, that's why I say nothing during this hour. I just sort of try and hose them down when they get too carried away. And uh, Nathan from Big Data mm. Analytics, good to see you, mate. Thank you. Uh, it was fabulous to have you both. Uh, that's our show for today. Don't forget, uh, if you want to send us any stocks, email the call at ausbiz.com.au. Reminder, the calls portfolio at ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio if you want to see all the stocks that our experts have recommended. Uh, each day, if you want to catch up on what's happened in uh, business and the markets, our daily newsletter that Scuddy and Nadine do um, is in your inbox at 5.30 every afternoon, osbiz.co slash join. And um, Startup Daily Show coming up between two and three. Uh, Bruce Muirhead from Mindhive, um, as the platform adds another 226 investors into its equity crowdfunding campaign. He's going to take us through Mindhive and what they do. It's really fascinating. And they've got some really good customers on board as well. That's a startup daily show between two and three. That's a lot happening on the rest of the day in Osbiz. Stick around and we'll see you sometime tomorrow for another episode of The Call.